Hey everyone, welcome back to Around the Emirates podcast with Sarah Musa, where I speak to guests from across UAE about topics you want to hear about. Today I'm joined by a very techie guest. Hello, Mega. Hey, hey Sarah. So good to have you on the show, Mega. So I would love to talk to you guys about Mega's story. Mega is the founder and CEO of a company called Memmy Friends, which essentially is a gaming tech company for children. But it's not your typical kind of gaming company, is it, Mega? There's a lot more to it that's focused on the children element, right? Indeed. First, it's it's a pleasure to be with you today on a Sunday. As I said, I have a bit of a sore throat, but we'll try to get through this. Um, <clears throat> Mimi Friends, indeed, is is not your typical gaming company for kids. Um, I've been thinking for a while that um, all of us, we are raised in a certain way, no, ma- no matter where we are. And uh, a lot of work goes in when we grow as adults in dealing with certain things that we might have faced in the past or certain ways that we might be raised or impact of society on us. And I... I understood similar experiences from people around me, how much time they were spending dealing with, uh, I wouldn't say always trauma, but also just minor, minor things mm. um, and how they how it impacted their life. Uh, I do come from a country where um, spaces for children may not always be safe. There's a lot of expectations. I grew up in India just as a background. I grew up in India, but I've lived as much out of India, especially in Europe, as, as in India. So mm-hmm. I've got perspective from two two very different worlds. And growing up, I, I saw just because we are a huge country, there is so much pressure on children to perform. There is so much competition. And uh, even though I, I had a very blessed childhood, I thought, hmm. <laughs> I met my husband in, in, in Netherlands. And let's say the pressure levels were not the same, but we met at the same company. We both were doing well. And I thought, is it really necessary for us to put children through it? Well, that was that, that was a, a big observation for me. Um, and I thought, what if we uh, provide really a safe, empowering place for children? At the same time, there was a lot of issues going on in the gaming industry, um, especially uh, like you said, that I, I entered gaming at some point. I, I loved puzzles always. So I was always a gamer without realizing it. Uh, but I ended up doing an interim chief digital role in a gaming company in Netherlands. And I realized, oh, well, this is my passion. So I should just go for it. Um, so after building a couple of companies, I decided to start building Mamie Friends and put more of life skills uh, type gaming. So it's a bit of a Roblox, but it teaches children um, real life skills like nutrition, emotions management through gaming. So we are completely non-instructional. We are really fun games company and then children basically learn uh, through games. So parents now have an option of uh, replacing their unproductive gaming time with a productive game that actually teaches children empowerment and a lot more life skills. Wow. The fact that you're tackling like so much in, in one game or in one kind of company, I mean, You've just mentioned so many interesting points. So you've mentioned kind of tackling life skills. You've mentioned kind of uh, addressing potential traumas. You've mentioned um, actually educating children at the same time. And I also understand that it's a non-addictive game. So it's so cool that you, you've been able to kind of take like, I think it's like 20 plus years of experience and put it into something that's so important for children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you have kids yourself. So I know that it's also based on like your journey as a mother. Um, so 
Talk to me a little bit about the challenges of creating this company. I know you said you have multiple companies that you've already created. You kind of slit, like yes. just like put that in there very casually. Um, so what would you say is has been the biggest challenge for you, but also the kind of the most important lesson you've taken away from creating this company? Right. I mean, for many startups and a lot of startup founders would probably recognize this. The challenge remains talent. How do you attract talent, especially in tech industry? It's it's mind blowing how much we pay in tech industry to people. And I was part of that, right? I was I was working at booking.com. So I'm very much a culprit of um, participating <laughs> and giving pretty high uh, compensations. And then when I started this company, I realized my first default going in was I can't get good talent because I can't pay these people. By the way, just as a side note, this is completely self-funded company, completely bootstrapped. I'm the solo founder. So I do work two jobs to kind of fund this company. And I've always believed in self-funded companies. Let's see how, how long that belief holds. I think at some point for growing, we might have to pick some money, but let's see how that goes. <laughs> um, it's not because we don't want investors. It's just, I want to be profitable before we're ra raising fund, funds, preferably, right? Okay. So that's that's uh, just fundamental principle. Um, so initially, we had to turn around people very fast. And, and initially, I worked with tech teams, mostly agencies, so I didn't really have in-house people. That was the biggest learning. At some point, I turned around the strategy and I said, we have to have in-house people because mm -hmm. agencies will always hold power against us. But my biggest learning, and I would say I was really wrong here, I really thought that we cannot hire good people um, in a startup, but that's just not true. So we did start hiring. Uh, we basically put a very strong recruitment practice in the sense now when we hire developers, we do one week of paid trial. So we pay them for the week of work and we actually ask them to solve problems, real problems that we are facing. We ask them to code. Because of chat GPT, we actually make them live code in front of us because a lot of developers have started using chat GPT for their interviews. It's very obvious. Um, we do use a software that we can um, see if, if something is written in chat GPT. So we are a very AI-oriented company, by the way. We are very, very forward. Even before chat GPT, we had all the AI tools. Um, <clears throat> so I think getting a good recruitment practice, having a good recruitment strategy. So we, we always uh, think about where to hire from, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and then putting the right KPIs, compensation and benefits, and really, really rewarding people that are doing a good job and continue rewarding the way they want to be rewarded. Some people want monetary rewards. Some people want to try different things out. And a startup is so flexible that we can provide all of that. So that was... I think the hardest thing, but also the biggest learning and biggest mis misconception that I had, which I don't have anymore. Wow. I mean, that is, I actually didn't know that was possible to like not have like a standard compensation or rewards um, policy in place. Like you just kind of like a bonus, for example, each year. So it's really cool that you were able to be yeah. flexible enough to to understand what does reward and recognition actually mean for your people. And I love how you just said that you have to you make them code live because you don't trust ChatGPT. I love that. That's so funny. And it's, I think that's a problem in a lot of uh, industries nowadays with uh, ChatGPT on the rise. Um, but that's that's very interesting to understand that like the challenges wasn't necessarily from like the gaming perspective for you because I guess you already kind of knew what you were trying to do and what you're trying to create. But it was more from the actual company element of how do I get the right talent? How do I make sure that my people can actually support the company? And I love that you get them to do like actual live um, 
kind of testing out the solutions that they have for the challenges that you provide. That's pretty interesting, that kind of experience. Um, so I think what just to add to that, Sarah, just um, for founders, it's very important to understand that your tone is important. So initially, I was going into these discussions trying to attract people. And I completely changed my tone around to, first of all, there are people who turn up on calls with me without even reading about me or the company. So if you turn up with a, on an interview call with the CEO, so I realized that at some point, how midway through the conversation, I'm not really sure if this person knows what they, they're talking about. So the first question now I ask is, um, what do you think about our company? And then it becomes, that's the first question I ask. And and um, what are your thoughts? Uh, and then it becomes really clear. So I reschedule them. But mm -hmm. also uh, I completely change the tone to this is how we do. And for myself as a company, I want to build with the highest talent with very, very clear KPIs. I cannot emphasize enough. So we have a big focus on data, big focus on KPIs. And that's something we should put in place day one and not tolerate bad behaviors, not tolerate. So it, it really forms the basics uh, or foundations of the culture of the company. I love that. I'm really, I'm getting such a strong kind of people for us to buy from you. And I love that. And um, Correct, yeah. knowing that, uh, you know, that it is very inspirational, especially to see a female entrepreneur and female CEO and kind of founder of her own startup um, be able to uh, or, or even uh, inspire others to put people first in such a way and to understand that your talent, rewarding your talent, recognizing your talent and just treating your talent with respect that they deserve with the, because of the hard work that they do. Um, that is like what the like the foundational's uh, successes of a company. Um, so clearly you've been through so much, you've seen so much, you've experienced so much. Um, has anything kind of surprised you or made you laugh or made you go, hmm, that was unexpected? Right. Um, well, I mean, there are so many things and I, I know um, we, by the way, play a lot of pranks in the company, even though we are a fully virtual company, um, we do, uh, we do play pranks. So there was, um, at some point we had a team meeting and we are women heavy company. I have to say we are majority women. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not on purpose necessarily, but it is really, um, the best, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do look for parents because this is one mistake I made that we, we were building a gaming company for children without having parents in. And, and it was so hard to work together with people who did not understand how a child thinks. It's very difficult. So we decided to go towards parents and then there somehow, well, we landed up with more. Well, that's what it is. Um, <clears throat> there was a team meeting we had and we had a new developer who joined our, our primary game developer at this moment. Uh, it was his first team meeting, and I realized in the meeting that all of us were wearing black. He was a couple of minutes late, and I'm extremely punctual. I, I do not like any of us being late. Um, I also see people don't read their calendars, so I decided to uh, pull a prank on him uh, on the spot, and I said, hey, uh, you seem to have missed um, the, the dress code today. And the rest of the women, we were all in black just by the, by by complete coincidence, so on the spot, um, and I know that he will never make that mistake again. <laughs> he does read his calendars. At least the point was clear. Um, I think the prank lasted maybe 30 seconds to a minute. And because the rest of the team knew me, they went along. They know how how we also have fun. We are a fun company. So I think the, 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 the to, to, to your question, <laughs> I mean, the, the thing that I realized is you can have so much fun in a company. And I think people are too serious around them. You should be serious. You should be focused. 
but you should also have fun. This is work is such a major part of our lives that we have to have fun. Without fun, there is no work and, and just relax a bit. Chill a bit. It's it's the world is not gonna break down. You're bad, Mega. You are bad. <laughs> you are mean, man. <laughs> Poor guy. Super funny. Well, Super this funny, is uh, mean, bro. <laughs> well, this is very decent of me. That's it. That's that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for that. Definitely made me laugh. Um, I have to say, I did not expect uh, pranking colleagues in such a way to scare the shit out of them uh, was a thing at companies. But good to know that you got a sense of humor in your in your tech company. Um, my final question for you today, Mega, is um, after everything that you've seen, everything you've gone through, what would you say is your strongest kind of word of advice for fellow female entrepreneurs that are trying to build their own startups? Right. Um, first, I would stop seeing ourselves as females. I, I see this so often. We, we we are human beings. We are all human beings. We are totally equal. It should not even be a question in your mind. It should just go completely blind to this whole situation of glass ceiling. What I hear, I'm completely blind to it. I just don't care. I really don't care. I do support people equally. Um, and talent comes first for me but just go blind to it. Stop taking things personally. Just keep super focused. I've not had, I've worked in very male-oriented industries, uh, whether it's consulting, tech, it's all male-oriented industries. I've not had people misbehave with me. I've never had anyone question if, well, maybe once <laughs> if I was, uh, if I was um, uh, the right person for the job. But I mean, majority of the times in 20 years, People see if you do well. People see if you're capable, and they everybody wants A players on their team. So I mean, just forget about it. Just build your own life. Do what you love. Make sure you have your financials in place. So it's very very important to all the young women out there, not only entrepreneurs, get independent fast. Do not rely on a man. Just don't do it. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Um, so just make sure that you're completely independent. Um, in many ways, we are all living our lives by ourselves. So we have to lead independently. And by that, I mean, stop relying, especially when we come from a collective culture, collective society. And that's where I can see how, how uh, Dutch, where I primarily spend majority of my life, adult life versus India, uh, how different we are. We really lead lives independently. We make our own decisions in Netherlands. In India, we tend to rely on who says what, and we are too face-saving. So just don't do that. Just build your own life and people will get behind you automatically. There is no doubt about it. And even if they don't, who cares? You've led, you've led, led your life with freedom and you have a freedom of choice. I don't even have anything to add to that. I think that's the best, one of the best words of advice that I've had on the show because you have been so real. The, I love the fact that you said, don't think about it as a female entrepreneur, just see yourself as entrepreneur. That is something that's so important because there, you know, while there is in some areas, in some sectors, there is that glass ceiling and more often than it should be, it's important for us to to not focus on the glass ceiling as like, if I break through that glass ceiling, I'm okay. Like that shouldn't, like we have to shift our perspective completely to think there is no glass ceiling. I can start my company, like no one can stop me. And like you said, living with freedom, living with your own, knowing that you made your own choices, really knowing that you are independent, you supported yourself and knowing that you did this for you and nobody else. And, and I love that that empowerment that you feel, not just for female entrepreneurs, but for entrepreneurs and inspiring young innovators that want to uh, create their own startups. 
Um, so thank you very much for your time, Mega. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I have definitely felt much more inspired after listening or talking to you in this interview. And I'm really glad that I got to share your story with the listeners. It's a pleasure, Sarah. It's a pleasure. You're doing a great job. I've seen some of your podcasts. What a fantastic thing. And you do this on a Sunday. How committed are you? I so know, right? congratulations <laughs> on building this. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on a Sunday as well. I appreciate you taking the time out of your personal kind of time to talk to me. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, guys. You have Take a good care. Sunday. Bye. Bye-bye.